I want to talk to you about a journey, a journey. That seems to be the topic that he's put within my heart. A journey is a, um, is a destination, it's a visit. It's changing places, it's going from somewhere to another place. It always speaks of a, a legacy moment. It speaks of a time when something was made known to us by a voice, a vision, or dream, or revelation. And all too often at the beginning of the journey, there was a lot of excitement. But the one that spoke to us about the journey never told us all of the details. Then revealed to us totally where we should go, what we would experience, the people that would be with us. So a journey is always a time of discovery. We have to discover new terms, like vision, dreams, revelation, warfare, <laughs> things yeah. of that nurture. Yeah. We begin to learn something about people, people. We have categories of people, those that are faithful, those that are not faithful, people that were with us, people that will leave us. Yeah. And it's also filled with surprises. We learn a whole lot on the journey about the Holy Spirit that one indispensable person who teaches us and guides us and helps us. And the journey always helps us to understand something about ourselves that we didn't know. So journey always represents a moment, a legacy moment, where the Lord visited us, either a vision or a dream or revelation, or he sent someone or he sent a message. And also during the journey, we find something about geography and buildings, uh, storefronts to hotels to homes and places of that nature where we meet and we gather. And we start discovering that church is not a place. Yeah. It's people. Yeah. It's not quantity of people. It's quality of people. Yeah. And the journey is full of surprises. Yeah. We learn a lot about the Lord on the journey. Yeah. Learn a lot about his nature because you can believe God, but not have a whole lot of understanding about him. I'll share with you, and I hope this is not a surprise, God is consistent, but he is not predictable. You cannot standardize him, and that sometimes uh, creates havoc with us. We believe that we will do this, he will do that. We learn something about mountains. There are mountains that you speak to, and there are mountains that talk back to you. And there are some mountains that you speak to and they won't move and be cast into the sea. They simply stay there. Sometimes these mountains have names, first name and a last name. <laughs> sometimes they're places, sometimes they're entities such as problems and challenges. But along the way, we learn that we only do things that would be successful if he tells us to do it. We discover that success and failure is not always a matter of ability and skills and enthusiasm and passion. We learn that we can do things even though we don't have abilities. Yeah. In essence, we discover that God can compensate for our human inability. Yeah. Something called revelation knowledge. One word, one thought from God can give us an understanding of things that we never knew about. We also have to learn how to um, not have emotional attachments to places sometimes even people, because yeah. people will come with you and they will leave you. Yeah. Not always because something is wrong, it's just that they have a, a different journey. Yeah, yeah. So there's a verse of scripture in 1 John. John said they were with us, 
but they were not of us. They went out from us because they were not of us. Doesn't mean they were against us, but they went out to manifest that they had a, another journey. We learn how to deal with things such as disappointment. We learn joy and alacrity and all of that. But we learn also to deal with the great challenge. Learn something on this journey about warfare. Warfare is not always spirits. Warfare many times is what goes on up here. Because believe it or not, faith starts here, not in your heart. Your heart and your head are the same. They don't separate. Hear me carefully. So we learn that faith starts here. Fear starts here. Confidence starts here. We learned that the source of our confidence rests in one thing, obedience to the Lord. So this journey, I want to talk with you, and I want to take you on the journey, because this journey has to deal with you. This is the beginning of the year. The prophetic community is in frenzy right now. All prophetic houses all around, <clears throat> they're prophesying about things, predicting things, and decreeing what will happen, what's going to happen, what didn't happen. And many of them are having to repent of things that they said that didn't happen. But if they're not repenting, they're just simply going on. I wrote a little book one time called When Prophecies Fail because I wanted to understand why people keep saying the same things when it doesn't happen and why every year they keep repeating it. And I found out there were three reasons. Number one, when they make a prediction that it doesn't happen, they claim that the devil was fighting against them. It's warfare. So that validates that what they're doing is still of the Lord. Another thing sometimes they say is that it came to pass in the spirit, but not natural. And I've often, like my son said, if I don't see it sometime, it ain't there. So it really didn't come to pass. And another reason they claim is that it was a misunderstanding, that what they said really wasn't what they meant. And I discovered that most of their predictions deal with their eschatology. That's the word eschatology. It means how things are going to end. And they're all predicting the end of the age, the end of time. But also discover that you can have a personal eschatology, what you think about your own life, what you believe about God, what you believe about the world, and what you believe about things that are happening around you. So they had these eschatological beliefs. They felt that the world was going to come to an end. Now, let me take you back on this journey because it's been 20 years. As you know, at the beginning of this millennial, there were predictions that the, the age was coming to an end. Airplanes were going to fall out of the sky. There wasn't going to be any more food. Computers was going to crash. All of that was going to happen, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Because if I remember, somewhere along the line, I think you read this verse. He said there'll be wars, rumors of wars, divers, pestilence. In fact, a man's enemy shall be those of his own household. And we've seen all of that. During this journey, we had a chance to walk through what we call it was a pestilence. It's called COVID. And yet we're still here. And so one of the things about a journey, you have to decide who is the source of your problem. Let me say this categorically. God doesn't test you with heartaches and sorrow and difficulty. I have uh, been doing a lot of study because I have to deal with the beginning and ending of a lot of ministries. I wrote a paper once called uh, Spiritual Autopsy. I'm a dentist by training, but during the course of my training, we had to dissect bodies. I hope this doesn't shock you, but the dead teach the living. Yeah. If you want to learn about what the living are, you have to study the dead. Yeah. And I wanted to find out why ministries rose up with a lot of excitement and joy and enthusiasm. And after only a short period of time, they were not here. Yeah. And so I wrote a paper called Spiritual Autopsy or Forensic Spirituality. 
because I wanted to find out if the cause of death was a suicide or if it was a homicide. And I discovered that 98% of them were suicide. Wow, wow. They killed themselves. And the reason they did it is because they wouldn't change. As a man by the name of Arnold Toynbee, he wrote a book called An Atlas of History. And he said there have been 27 civilizations that have risen up in all of these years, and not a single one of them remains. They didn't die because of adversarial forces or bad climate conditions or warring factions. They died because of two words, challenge, response. When they were challenged to respond or to change, they couldn't. Because change is always traumatic. And so one of the things during this journey, you learn how to change. You could do it uh, willingly or you could do it unwillingly. And you discovered during this journey that God can get you from one place to another and that when God makes a word, he always keeps it. However, during this journey, you've learned to deal with something called disappointment. And I discovered that most people don't like that because we believe that faith always brings good things. But faith brings challenging things. Yeah. By faith, they suffered persecution. Yeah. By faith, some were slaughtered. By faith, some did not choose deliverance, but chose a greater resurrection. By faith, faith does not always get you through. Wow. So we have to learn something about how God works with us and yeah. through us. And so the journey that you've been on has been one of discovery. Yeah. You've learned very quickly what your gifts and your callings are. You learn what you can do and what you cannot do. You learn who your enemies are, and you learn the restriction of the devil. He doesn't have as much power as you think he has. And you weren't always sure of that. Because we used to glorify him. Because when we would gather at the very beginning, we talked more to him than talking to God. And then it took us a while to find out what prayer was. Prayer wasn't talking to the devil, it was talking to God. Not warfare, you know, you, I, I don't talk to liars. And that's one of the reasons I talk to very few saints. <coughs> But what we do in prayer, we commune with God, we reach out to God, we intercede, ask God to give us wisdom and understanding. And you discover along this journey that prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. If you spend 20 minutes talking, you ought to spend at least 20 minutes listening. If you believe in a speaking God, he's not just a listening God. And we learn that prayer does not always bring the answers that we think they should bring. But we always found that one thing, God is faithful. So this journey has been one that's wrought with all kind of challenges and distress. Sometimes there are things called contradictions. You hear word from God, and you heard words from the Lord during this journey. God declares the end from the beginning, but he doesn't always give the middle part. And the middle part always speaks of process. That's those things you have to go through in order to get there. How many of you are married in this family? How many of you are married? How many know that marriage is war? How many, oh yes, I see those hands, and most of them are women. <laughs> you discovered one thing about marriage, that the strength of marriage is not love. The strength of marriage is forgiveness. And you have to learn what to remember and what to forget. And men, on your journey, you discover that you may forget your name, you may forget your first pet, you may forget your parents' name, but don't ever forget her birthday and your marriage anniversary. That is close to the unpardonable sin. 
But one of you discovered is that marriage is for grown people and not children. Can you say that marriage is grown people, not children? This is an unsaved group here. Let me go over here. Can you say that marriage is for grown people, not children? Now, why do you think I said that? Because during the course of marriage, there'll be anger, there'll be frustration. You two selfish people coming together. Each one thinks they have the right to their own decision. And the strength of a marriage, believe it or not, is not because you love one another. And you discover with the passing of time, everything changes. When Paul says that the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day, he said a little bit more than what you think. And so one of the things you learn is that marriage is not just an emotional thing, it's a conviction. But this journey, you learn something about people that will come among you. Different personality dynamics. People who make commitments and not able to keep them. In fact, during your journey, you discover some personalities. You discover the John Mark as someone that makes a commitment but is not able to fulfill it. Because people can make all kind of commitments, not always have the ability to fulfill it. You had a Demas experience. Someone that loved this present world more than they loved the things of God. Then you had a Barnabas experience. You found that there are people that you walk with for years, and for no reason at all, they walk away. Not because it was adversarial, because sometimes if you stay together too long, it's a hindrance. Those of you that have businesses have discovered this. And you learn something about change, change. Because when challenges come, you can't always leave something because things are not going well. So you learn a word called commitment. You learn what to do to make God happy. And I can dare say that this church, and you've had several name changes, several name changes, because number one, you have vision people. He's given you an evangelistic zeal. He's given you the privilege to love people, but to love God. He's given you ability to do things and go places that other people wouldn't go. But that's because, number one, you're dedicated to him. And there are two things that he's given you, and I hope that you remember this. He's given you an understanding to know something about the secret of the Lord. In the secret of the Lord is all the wisdom and knowledge you need to do things to please God. But he's given you another thing called the fear of the Lord. When you fear God, you don't quit. When you fear God, you don't give in because there's no failure unless you quit. When you fear God, you make a commitment and you keep it when you fear the Lord. And those have been your strength, the secret of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. Your wonderful gifts. In your journey, you discovered something about prophecy, but you discovered something about faith. Faith is not a denial of reality. It's simply recognizing that God has the last word in every situation. But you've learned how faith works. And I hope that you continue to do this. I hope that you'll write a book of remembrance. I hope that you begin to recall the things that God has promised you and the things that God has done. And I hope that you do it for your own personal lives. Because one of the things you'll find out in a journey that when difficult times come, you'll learn that faith works by memory. You have to remember the great things that God has said and the things that God has done. I promise you, children, in the midst of a challenge, sometimes the greatest deliverance you can is when things don't change. When you speak to mountains that speak back to you. When things don't go away. When the next prediction from the doctor said that it's terminal, you can go back and say, did God make a promise? Because a promise of God is commitment to your future. When God makes a promise, he's committed to your future. He will keep you there. And as long as there's something up here, whatever comes alongside you won't overcome you. 
And challenges would come. Faith was not indemnify you from challenges. Yeah. Distress and difficulty would come. Challenges would come. People would leave. Doctors would lie. Doctors would make predictions that are true. Yeah. But as long as there's a promise, that which comes alongside you will not overcome you. Amen. You discover that God can work miracles. You discover that happening. God can do miracles. Because along your journey, you've seen the Lord do little with nothing. Sometimes you've seen him do much with nothing at all. You've seen the Lord provide resources through unusual ways. And you've seen the Lord in this journey close doors you, you didn't yet understand. And some of you at time during this journey got frustrated with the Lord. That's a dangerous thing. We got frustrated with the Lord because you discovered during this journey that God is smart. Believe it or not, he is smart. He knows what he's doing. He's called the ancient of days. And so sometime during our journey, we got frustrated because God didn't respond to us the way he thought he should. We felt that God didn't keep a commitment that he made to us. But be thankful that every one of your prayers has not been answered. Because I know if all of my prayers had been answered, 50 people would be dead today. In fact, even what I'm speaking, I've just added two more. Yes, really, all the time. Be thankful that every prayer has been not answered. But the beautiful part of your journey you found out that God has done miraculous things for you. Yeah. He's brought healing. He's brought deliverances. He brought some wonderful people among you. And some of them have left. And some of them returned. And some of you have touched their lives and they touched your life. And you will always be connected. Yeah. But the wonderful thing that God did you, he made a deposit in your life. He showed you something about how he does business. And that's a big thing today, children. Now that's what the prophets are speaking about now. They're prophesying right now. They're talking about the end of the age. And let me give you a little caveat. It ain't coming. It's not coming. Because hear me carefully. If the end of the age came right now, a lot of us would miss the boat. No, that time has not come yet. Too much more to be done. Too much more to be done. Too many countries, too many nations to go to. Too many people to be felt. Too many children to be warned yet. Because there are people that have not yet come into this life yet. God is going to bring them in. And people are in the wrong places. Now, some of you are sitting in here right now. God has tremendous promises over your life. The only thing that he asks you to do is to not to quit. There's no failure without quitting, children, as long as you continue to walk. And that's why you learn something about warfare. Warfare is not what you do on your knees. It's what you do on your feet. The fact that you keep walking, you keep moving, you don't quit, you don't give in, you don't let your emotions, because you discover that faith is not an emotional word. You don't serve God because of how you feel, not at all. I don't feel anything. Most of the places I go, I don't feel anything, not at all. Faith is not an emotional word, it's a conviction. Yeah, yeah. Love is not an emotion, it's a conviction. Because how many know that many marriages, I've heard people say, I've got leaving on my mind. No, stay your course. Because let me carefully, when you say yes to one, you say no to all others. I'll say that again, because you didn't hear that. I said in a marriage, when you said yes to one, you say no to all others. Yeah. I say that again because you didn't hear it. In a marriage, you say yes to one, and you say no to all others. Now, if that little piece of truth were to get into our mind, it would eliminate a lot of my headaches. Because, see, I've had to be on a journey with people. I married hundreds of people. And I've said to them many times, when you say I do, I'm not the only one that heard that. God also heard that. Yeah. And God took you at your vow. Wow. I said, what is it about I do that you don't understand? Yeah. 
because I think it was a commitment you made. Now, you married the Lord. You made a vow to him. And he kept his word. He kept his promise. And the only thing that he asked of you is that you would not quit. Now, your journey has been one of different places, different people, different times and different seasons. You learned words that you didn't know anything about before, such as revelation, such as faith, such as miracles, such as healing. Those are new words that come along. You learn how to deal with difficult people. You learn how to deal with setbacks and all of that. And then you discover that that's part of the course. In fact, you've learned some things in your life and this journey that are not avoidable. There's some things you can't miss, you can't, you can't escape. You've learned that. But you've learned to recognize one thing. As long as what's coming against you does not overcome you, that's an indication that you have the favor of God. Amen. The favor of God is never an indication that you don't have problems. Got to hear this, children. David said, now I know the Lord favors me in that none of my enemies ever have victory over me. The favor of God is not a problem-free life. In fact, be honest with you, popularity is no criteria for truth. Just because people applaud you, Jesus said, be careful when all men speak well of you. Yeah. So one of the things you've learned during this journey is that, hear me carefully, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, as long as it does not overcome you, yeah. you've had to deal with terminal problems here. Yeah. And one of the things in your journey, you learn the meaning of miracles. Yeah. You learn that faith-independent and faith-dependent miracles. Yeah. God just doesn't do miracles because you believe. He does miracles when you don't believe. God doesn't wait till you get everything right before yeah, he does yeah, something. Yeah. God doesn't wait till you say the right words and do the right thing. Thank God. He does it when we get it all right. Aren't you glad that he can bless you when you're not doing anything right? Isn't that a wonderful thing about the Lord? And one of the things we found out that God just doesn't bless our generation. He blesses the generations that are behind us. He blesses our children. He does things for them. He brings deliverance to them. And sometimes he does things we have not been made aware that's why I always love your worship. I love your song. Because your song testified to the goodness of God. Every time I come, you retell the story. Yeah. When I come into this place, I can sense the presence of God. Not an emotion. I sense his presence. I can sense it when I look in some of your eyes. And I see. And I see some of you moving a little slow. Now, I'm sitting down. I'm walking on the cane because I was running and I had a fall. I had a fall. And I shouldn't have been running. <laughs> and I had a fall. <clears throat> And when I had a fall, I felt face down, and I broke a lot of teeth. I'm a dentist. I'm a prosthodontist. Can you believe that I've seen an oral surgeon? I've seen a prosthodontist. I've seen an endodontist. I've seen all those people. But above all, what I've seen is Jesus. Glad I saw him. And in the midst of all of that, I had some bruises and some wounds. So I thought I would ward a little cane, you know, take it with me when I go to the airport. It gets me through the line a lot faster. <laughs> It really does. You'd be amazed at what happens when I'm walking with that cane. People just move right out of the way, basically. I like that part. And of course, it's good, good that you're 81 years of age. I turned 81 in last December, 81. And once you get to be 81, you can say anything you want to say. Say what you want to say, yeah. Your journey. It's been a miraculous journey. Yeah. And these things I want to say to you prophetically. I said to you sometime that the next phase will be without sweat. And it has been no sweat. If you were sweating, you were wasting water unnecessarily. 
God has done some wonderful things for you. You would touch more nations than you've ever touched before. And in that you have been faithful and true, God makes a commitment with you. There's coming tangible blessings in this place. When I say tangible blessing, I'm talking about resources, not just for this house, but those of you who are members that are part of this place. When I speak of that, I'm talking about tangible things when it comes to work, when it comes to finances, when it comes to investment, when it comes to businesses and things of that way. Because God makes provision for you. Because you've been a committed people. I have it on high that you, he found you faithful. That when he looked down from above to see if there are people that did understand that seeketh of God. And he said, that this is a house. Amen. This is a house that's done that's been faithful to the Lord. Am, am I speaking to you this morning? Yes. Are you hearing me this morning? Yes. I just want to make sure that you hear me. I can't see you. All I can see is the clock back there. All I can see. But I just want to talk to you about the journey. It's been a journey of different people, different buildings, different venues, different experiences. It's been a journey of different times and season. You've learned new terminology. You learn new words that you haven't learned before. You learn how to manage your time and your season and distresses and difficulty. You've learned, and you learn not to blame God. But you learn that God is faithful, as I said before, not predictable. And that's been something that has bothered us. He's not predictable, but he's faithful. Not one time has he failed you. Yeah. Not one time. God has kept every word that he's made to you yeah. in his time and in his season. So I've come to share these words with you about the journey that you've been on, journey you've been on. It's been an unusual journey. Yeah. It's been challenging at best. But God has done unusual things among you. How many of you have been healed since you've been a part of this work? Physically healed. Physically healed. How many of you have experienced a miracle? How many of you have experienced a miracle since you've been here? How many of you have had doors open to you that you know that was of the Lord? How many of you have something done in your family, in your work, even in your own personal life that you had to sit back and say, that was God? Yeah. You had that happen. How many of you have also seen other members of your family have their lives turn around? And have you met people who were just, just bent on, going the wrong way, and seeing God turn their life around? Yeah. Turn their life around. Now, with all of that said, one of the things I want you to commit to me, and I hope before God, that you begin to write a diary. You begin to put in writings the things that God has said to you and done for you. And you begin to write the dates and the times upon it. I want to ask and request to you that sometime during each day, you just rehearse one thing the Lord has said, one thing the Lord has done. Just give him praise. That's called your personal liturgy. If you will do that, we'll be pleasing to him. I want to commit also because, number one, God does not like complaining. And one thing that you've not been good at is that's complaining. Because when you complain, you're saying that he's not capable of doing what he says he can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things he loves is when you give him thanks. So one time, if you would write down a diary where you record the things he said, yeah. the things that he's done, yeah. and one time during the day, yeah. whether it's early in the morning, whatever it is, because all of you have different hours and time when you get up. I'm an early morning person. My children didn't know that the sun rose that early in the morning because yeah. they got up always late. But I get up at 3 a.m. in the morning. I love to get up at 3 because everybody's asleep. They can't bother me. And it gives me time to talk to the Lord. I pray that whatever your time of arrival is, that you would give thanks to him. Write that diary, children. Record it. It's not just for you. It's for those that would come after you. 
And while you're giving away a legacy, while you're giving away all of these things to those that will come behind you, let that be a book of remembrance. That's what he told Israel when they came out. He said, take some smooth stones that when you come out of here, your children will know. And when they ask you, what do these stones mean? You say this, when the Lord let us walk through the water. It was a time when the Lord did a miracle for us. It gives us an understanding that Egyptians no longer followed us. They brought us in the land of honey. That was a time where we complained, but we learned that it's better to give thanks to the Lord. So I pray that if you write that book of remembrance and you begin to rehearse it, that when the times come, and that time will come for all of us, it's appointed for all of us to live and then to die. And that lives, that's why I say, children, hear me carefully, don't waste your time with unforgiveness. Forgiveness is victory over anything that has bothered you. Forgiveness is victory over tomorrow. Like hope is victory over everything that's come against you. Yeah. Don't waste your time being unhappy. Happiness is a choice. Yeah. Peace is where you put your mind. Peace is war. It's warring against everything that's to come into your mind to contradict God. Yeah. You keep your perfect peace when your mind is stayed upon him. He is a good God, supernatural God, and he's going to do miracles for you. I predict even this year, this is going to be a year of pioneering events. It's going to be a year where things that you've been waiting on. The Spirit of God has said to me, this is going to be a year of clarity. Things over which we've been confused and complexed about, during the course of the year, we're going to have an understanding. We're going to know why that happened. We're going to know why that didn't happen. We don't know why they did this, why they didn't do this. It's going to become very clear. And for some of you that have forgotten how to smile, it's going to be a time of smiling. He's going to restore joy to your heart. He's going to bring that back again once again. And those of you that are stricken in years, and there's some of you that are trying to die on me, let me say to you right now, if you die, they're going to send you back. Because it's not your time. There's much more to be done here in this sphere in life. And if any doctor gives you a prognosis that's not good, you have it on the words of Kirby Clements, and I heard it from on high, God is going to reverse the sentence. Your end has not yet come yet. More things for you to do in this life, him and Catholic, that's dependent upon the Lord. So those of you that are stricken in years, 81, here's the promise of the Lord. You shall bring forth fruit in old age. You shall still do things that are pleasing to God. There'll be keenness of mind. All tinism will not visit you. There will not be the loss of memory. You will be very cognitive and clear. You'll rehearse history with a clearness of mind. You will do that. You'll be able to talk to your children about things they have long not even remembered yet. You'll talk with a clearness of mind. And hear me carefully, and you won't lose the gate, but continue to stay under your body. Be healthy, be strong, eat the right things. I have made a declaration that I'm staying away from sweets. Lord, did you hear that? I think I might have spoken presumptuously. But you heard me. When you make a vow, keep it. So this is your journey, and you're at the beginning of it. And I commend you that during the course of the year, when this year has come to an end, you look back, and if you have that book of remembrance, you're going to find out there are a lot of entries that you made into it, that it brought happiness and joy to you. How many of you are still single in this place? How many of you are still single? Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. I can't see your hand, so wave it. Okay. Good, good. How many would like to be married? Raise your hand. Good. I have nothing to say to you. Nothing to say to you. 
No, if anybody predicts you're going to marry someone at the time of your marriage, run away from that prophecy. <laughs> God doesn't tell you who to marry nor the time. He makes promises to you. He says, do not be unequally yoked with what? You can also be unequally yoked with a believer. And whoever it is that you marry, marry someone that loves you, not someone for what you can bring to the table. Because let me tell you now, there ain't no table. <laughs> this is your journey, and I just want to rehearse a few words with you. I've searched all night and all morning what I should speak to you. I said I should speak to you out of my heart. I make predictions I do believe the Lord will keep. This will be a year of discovery. Clarity will come over long-standing things and perplexity. And some of you that experienced some disappointments at the beginning of this year, you're going to find out that God was in the process. It may not be clear yet, but you found out that his hand was involved in it. And I say to you clearly, once again, children, write a book of remembrance. Begin to record the things he said and done. And at the beginning of every day, just rehearse one thing that he said. Because when our time has come, we won't just give artifacts to our children. Don't just give them houses and land. That's wonderful. Give them a book of remembrance. Just like he said to the children, what do these smooth stones mean? These stones are testimony. They're a memorial that God did great things for us. It's a testimony that grandpa and grandma can say that he is still the living God, that he still heals, he brings deliverance, he does mighty things, and he's a God worthy that you serve because faith is an investment in God. When you have faith, you invest in God. So I pray that you hear my words this morning, scattered as they may have been. And since I'm in California, I didn't read a scripture, but I did quote many of them. And I think if you'll look back and play it, you'll see that what I've said has come from the on high. And if what my words are from God, before the end of the year, you start seeing the testimony of the faithfulness of God. Healings, miracles. Because some of you, when you go to the doctor, the prognosis won't be good. But I can tell you that God has made a liar out of many doctors. He can contradict your sickness and disease. I promise you that. And for some of you who are still struggling over the education of your children, I can tell you right now, God doesn't need money. He can open doors and do supernatural things unlike anything you've ever done before. And for this church, Lineage Church, I would say you chose the right words, lineage, because this is a transcendent church, not just for you, but those that follow after you. So, Father, I thank you now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the people that are gathered here. I thank you for the words that I've spoken. I pray that they'll be pleased in your sight. I've sought, Lord, to testify to small and great far and near the things you put within my heart. And I pray, Lord, that you'll honor the words that I've said and bring them to the past, that they all may know that you are the true and living God. So we honor you. We give you thanks this day. In Christ Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.